Welcome everyone to today's podcast episode. You're listening to The Home Design Podcast. My name's Adam Case, your host, and we aim to educate, inspire, and connect South Florida with the industry authorities within their trade. Today, we have an inspiring guest who continues to set and raise the bar in the interior design world, all with Reginald Dunlap of Reginald Dunlap Interior Design. Man, how do you feel about that? That's pretty good. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to give you one of these. Like, I've, I've known you for years. Like, right. you, I mean, I feel like, you know, when you started your business, when you were, I mean, you've been in interior design for a long time, yeah, but yeah. Um, but you've been a part of the home shows for a long time. Mm-hmm. But before we get into all of that, let's introduce everybody to the real Reginald Dunlap. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, so... Tell us about you, um, as far as you as the individual and also the designer. So um, I'm actually from a small town in Texas. So I, you know, I think that kind of kind of has has you know, honed my aesthetic to be something that uh, is a little atypical. Yeah. Um, I live in a world, a, a pretty of a bubble world, actually, when it comes to design, because my clients are really high end, um, and I, which I always find interesting because I'm a small town boy. From a small town, my mother's a lunch lady still, and, but I'm telling you know billionaires how to live their lives in their homes. I always find it very odd and funny. Um, so you know, so I grew up in Texas and I went to school at SMU, and then I went to design school in the Art Institute of uh, Fort Lauderdale, um, and uh, kind of just changed everything from then. So I, I knew in in SMU that I wanted to do something else, maybe not business. And when I, I it was in Orlando. Um, partner and I, we bought into a design firm and we'd flip things around. And that was when I realized I should probably go into that field. Um, and it's been great from there. So when I, when I, when I graduated from the Art Institute for Lauderdale, um, I got a job with Tui Lifestyle. Actually, I was still in school. And I think I was, that's actually when we first met. Yeah. yeah when you we yeah. were in Tui. Yeah. So that was pretty, pretty interesting. So within, I think within eight months of being there, I became the lead designer for the company, which is insane to me. That's amazing. So you know, I mean, that, I mean, Tui, the individual <laughs> yeah, yeah. is a well-recognized yeah, designer yeah, um yes, yes. internationally yeah, I assume, yeah. Yes, yeah and you know that brand you know as far as what what you guys were doing with the furniture industry you right. guys really changed it yes yeah, kind of crazy and, and people are finding that model today and still kind of re, you know redoing it i thought it was a great great concept you know having something in 72 hours the entire inter, you know entire full interior design always something that i'd never seen before and and it was hectic and but cool at right. the same time yeah no without a doubt and the thing is like at every point in everyone's life you learn another step and yeah. how to really philosophize like what your business is, what works, what you enjoy. And you really take the best pieces of everything, you know, and also failures, like as far as like for a company or individuals or whatever, or even just design schemes, you right. know, because, you know, that's how we build off mm-hmm. of everything. Um, but, you know, obviously you got an incredible opportunity in your start right. in interior design. And even just talking to, you know, for a quick moment, like talking to designers who might be listening to right. this in the design world, like what what was like the most important piece that helped you or helped guide you or to take that initial step to get into design? Interesting. Um, <laughs> so the loaded question. <laughs> so, you know, at after after you know business and getting into i had, I actually had a, f- a few great mentors um uh Bernard Mizrahi was one Scott Carter was one um Sam Ewing was one these all these great designers in Orlando and Brazil um 
and I was able to l lucky to work with them to kind of see the process, and then I was able to just move forward with that. I think that that you know designers, uh, they're you know going to school is is some people say it's not important. You know, I was I was a believer of that wasn't important until I went to school, uh, right. and 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 did the, and did the process. You know, they teach you the technical part of the process. Uh, which is important to develop your ideas and concepts. Uh, the design process is really important in the, the entire step. Uh, so you can start, so you can create an entire mood or concept based on a motif or based on whatever you like to, to be, but it stays consistent throughout the space. Right. Um, so school taught me that. Okay. Um, you know, there's no training that will teach you what you, what I learned in the field because I'd already been in the field before I went to school. So when I was there, you know, I, when I was in school, I already knew what I was doing. You know, so, you know, being there and seeing, you know, all these young kids who were going to do interior design had no clue. They really didn't know if they were, you know, design oriented or not, but something they thought they could do. And I think it's better if you go into the field and then, and then go and go get your go go to school that's a great point yeah. and people can actually use that across the board for all industries yeah. and learnings 100%. and things like that because you can take real life situations mm -hmm. that you already experienced right. and apply it to what right. you're learning it makes it a lot easier right um you know i already knew going into school i knew my goal i knew what i wanted to achieve you know and and thinking outside of the box you know i remember right. being in school and, and and creating this design and and it's like <laughs> it's like like oak floors, oak walls, <laughs> oak ceiling, massive chandeliers. And my professor said, my professor said, nobody wants that. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and then like five years later, you know, I'm, they're heavily featured on, on the school. I'm like, somebody wanted it. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, and yeah. that's what's great about yeah, design, yeah. you know, yeah. um, you know, but talking about, I mean, you've been in interior design for how many years now? Oh, 12, 13. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, as far as, you know, people that are listening and, and there's a lot of people out there that don't understand why an interior designer is truly needed. Right. Like they think it's just like another step. Right. Um, but let's let's go go a little into why interior designers are so necessary and so important in the process of remodeling right. and improving your it's, it's not essentially improving your home lifestyle. Right. You know, I think hiring a designer kind of brings everything together. I mean, you know, you can you can choose. Oh, I like that. I like that. Oh, I love that. But does it work together? Right. And you have to create a space that that is going to be long lasting. Most people don't have the money to to change every five years. Right. Like my clients do. Right. You know, so you have to find something that's going to be long standing and it's going to make you happy over time. Um, you know, choosing the wrong color could be disastrous. If you paint the entire house in one color and it's wrong, it's going to be it's going to cost you money. So it's important to find a designer who can help you along those lines of choosing the right colors, choosing the right materials, um, just so it's, you know, a cohesive house. Right. Um, you know, I have clients sometimes who are like, oh, I can do that, you know, and then I'm like, fine, go do it. And it comes back, oh, could you help me? <laughs> it didn't turn out like I thought. Right. Yeah, you know, so. And it actually gets more costly okay. going backwards yeah. like that. So, yeah. you know, designers do this for a living right. and they're in it every single day. So, you know, experience, mm -hmm. I mean, the value is there just in the right. experience just, side, never yeah, mind. Just alone the, you know, the, the logistics of product. Right. So ordering something, you know, it's a little easier because, you know, Amazon or, or just ordering online, but even still, so, you know, a cl client of mine decided they're going to order a, a, a dining table from, I'm not going to say who. And uh, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, it's got a great deal. I'm like, perfect. So the base arrived, but not the top. The base arrived a month later. The top oh. arrived a month later. So they, you know, they were unhappy about it. Right. They, they started calling me. Hey, can you, what can you do? You know, and I can't do anything. <laughs> right, you know, I told you not to order from them, right? You know, but you, it was a great deal. So uh, now, even now, clients are saying to me, you know, 
I can't believe what you're going through because of, of, of supply chain and logistics. You know, things are arriving two months later. Things are not arriving. They're arriving wrong. Um, you know, six months for this, seven months for that, eight months for this or that. And where before it was, you know, a few weeks to four, four weeks max. Right. If I was ordering something from Italy, you know, or Europe, it was, you know, 12 to 14 weeks, which is standard. But now that's taking even more, even longer. But the funny part is if you, when I was in a Salone de Moble in, in Milan um, for the, for the show there, they said, oh, 30 days, 30 days manufacturing. Like, interesting, you know. But then, right. then it takes another 30 days to get here, which is fine. Right. But if you go to one of the American showrooms that has their product, they tell you it's much longer. So it's Really? Yeah. So uh, how is that actually, you know, just thinking about how the chain is, like if, if you're working with a, a showroom, which I'm sure that is done, you know, on a, a more regular basis, yeah. uh, how's that change the approach and how designers are designing homes? Because I'm sure... In the past, you'd be like, I, I know I have this buffer where I'll get this product. And right. it, essentially, you're selecting everything before even anything's done. <laughs> right. Um, so I have, you know, I have, I have several projects now, several. Um, and one in particular, we started during COVID and we're still going and some things still haven't arrived. Um, some things are quickly arriving, but some things just haven't arrived. But we're also ordering the best quality product right custom flooring custom parquet you know with brass inlay wow you know? so uh and the client says why are you finishing everyone else's houses but mine right well they started two years before you <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know yeah. yeah so uh you know it's uh it's, it's been a difficult thing it's something like we've never seen before where where timelines are just not even anywhere close to what we think they're going to be right uh, we do timelines for our clients all the time we recently had a new client and um you know he said he said um you're two weeks behind your schedule. I said, you're kidding, right? <laughs> because that client is six months behind their schedule. Right. And you're comparing about, you know, complaining about two weeks. Right. Uh, he didn't get it. So, yeah. No, it's crazy because, I mean, you hear people here for every aspect of, mm -hmm. for, it doesn't matter what level of design, whether it's like the most high end or uh, middle or, right. you know, you know, luxury middle, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, the just the approach and just how people are designing their homes, whether it's on an individual basis or working with designers. But, you know, the thing is, you know, when a homeowner is looking to select that right designer, mm -hmm. um, you know, designers have their own aesthetic. Yeah. Like you look, yeah. I feel, I mean, for example, Instagram is like everyone's, <laughs> you Instagram know. Instagram and Pinterest. Yeah, well, 100%. Yeah. Like that's their portfolio. Yeah. And that's what people are going off of in like some designers and you know it, it's the same project over and over and over um but what do you have to say in regards to like designers aesthetics well you know it's funny um a lot of people ask me uh, interviews or or whatever what's your aesthetic or even on instagram what's your aesthetic and i have to tell them well, i have i have my aesthetic and i have my personal aesthetic right you know if you came to my house it would look nothing like any of my projects because i design based on what my clients need right um you know i'm not going to influence my client to give them what I think is best for them. Um, I do sometimes clients will just tell, give me carte blanche, which is the best because I can just be really creative. But at the end of the day, they have to live in the space, not me. Right. So I have to compromise on my idea of how they should live. Uh, some clients just know they say, I want you to tell me how to live, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> but clients who are more actually, I'll just say it's more practical, have an understanding of our of idea, how they want to live. Um, because I'm usually designing for clients who, you know, have multiple homes, you know, or in that house only for two, three months out of the year. And then when I'm dealing for the real, for the real person, um, then they, they're there all the time. Right. So it's like when I thought they should have this sofa, you know, they say, no, I need something more comfortable. 
Um, so then I have to, you know, make sure that I'm not imposing my ideas of of design in order to get the good shot. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of designers are 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 creating spaces to get the in shot. Right. And not really thinking about the customer and how they're going to live in the space. You know, I always I always talk, ask my you know, customers so many questions about how they entertain. You know, how many people they have over. You know, some of them say we don't entertain. I said we're adding five thousand square feet to your house. You will entertain. <laughs> right, right, <no> <laughs> kidding, yeah. uh, so uh, one specifically, they're great in the in the Santa Fe, and it's a beautiful property. And they're adding adding a lot of square footage. And they're they're both doctors, and they say we're not we don't entertain. I said, but you will right. because this house is insane now. Right. Um, you know that that's a great, great, great example because um, the wife had an idea in her head about what the house was going to be like, and she wanted a white kitchen. And I was like, and I told her, I said, I don't think that's the best thing for you because you know where you are in the desert. And so when I showed her my options, she goes, "Oh my God, you're absolutely right. I didn't think about that." So my job's not to push her direction; it's to show right. her her options, give her three options, and let her that I think are best, and let her choose. Yeah, and the th- the other thing is like contrary to that is like you don't want a designer that's just going to do what you want either because right. you're not hiring them to right. just do what you want. Right, right. You know, it's a matter of taking that perspective right. and making it better. Right. And the only, I, I'll be honest, I think the only time that I'm able to do what I want is when I've done multiple homes for clients. So they say, well, we know, you, you know, <laughs> go, go do your thing. Um, I did a, a penthouse in Orlando that was just recently published and, and uh, the client just said, you know, I like these colors and I like this. And I just ran with it. Except that everything, maybe two changes. Right. Um, so that was great. But, you know, I find that with the, with the consumer that is, that is, um, has usually one home, um, you know, it's, it's not as easy to, to have that, <coughs> have that kind of, um, uh, carte blanche because, you know, at, they're, they're, at the end of the day, they're, they're, needs for the home are a lot different than other clients oh for sure and, and that's the thing i mean when you're designing for multiple homes right. or one client that has multiple homes versus one they're they're also living in it differently and yeah, yeah. you know a client that has multiple homes they might have like you know one home in a certain area whether it's in a city or in the desert or in the mountains or right. wherever it might be and they want a very specific feel right. for right. the however right. many times a year they're in that right. home i think yeah i think for for any designer um if you want to have client or um, multiple clients that that have you know different aesthetics I think it's better to just kind of kind of go with the flow you know in school we're taught to to design based on the client right um, and I think as we grow as we become larger as we become more popular in terms of our aesthetic uh, our quote-unquote aesthetic um, then people start coming to us for that um, but I think in order to build your base you have to kind of do what your clients need need for you need of you Without a doubt. And, you know, going back to the fact of like when people are hiring a designer, would you say there's, say, three questions that a homeowner has to ask? You know, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think that that uh, this is a great question. Um, it's important that you, first of all, that you feel comfortable with the person, that you feel trust with them. Um, it's important that the designer is listening. Um, so if, when you meet with them and they're doing all the talking. It's not good. Right. A homeowner should be doing all the talking, and the designer should be listening. Um, and also get a feel of get a feel of the budget. I mean, it's I never bring up money the first meeting or two because um, I have to feel the feel how they how they live. Um, so I think it's you know definitely it's less about questions, probably more about just feelings. Okay. Um, you know, asking um, definitely budget for for someone starting out, and then. Um, uh, 
you know, how they live, how they live their lives, how they entertain, how they see themselves. Yeah, I always say, like, how do you see yourself in your house with 10 people here? How right. do you see yourself on Thanksgiving? How do you see yourself on Christmas? How do you see yourself during the holidays? How do you see yourself on a summer day with the kids playing in the pool and how many people are here? Things right. like that. And how, you know, how do you need access to this area or that area? It's important. Um, and the biggest thing is, it's just also to, this is huge, make sure that that the the that the client and designer understand each other in terms of aesthetic right. and what is going to be what's going to be asked of them um you know recently I had a client who who said i want full color do what you want make it look great i want it to be the most impressive thing in <laughs> in, in the building i did that i gave it to him and uh what does that look like you know when you say like because most impressive means a lot to a lot of right. different people right. like could could be anything right. but when you took that what did that mean to you that meant that i was going to create something that that was I, i'm not going to say building it building it then so i created something that was completely opposite of that building so that building has you know polyform let's say that polyform did their 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 common spaces okay so they most people went there for their for the unit so which is you know browns grays just very neutral colors he didn't want that. He wanted to stand out. So I, so we were very bold. So the, the entryway was black, black ceiling, black, black and white total. It's awesome. Insane. Shoe closet on the outside lit up. It was insane. You walk in the door, it's all like this sage green. Everything was sage green. Everything, the walls, <laughs> the carpet, the, the furniture, everything, different tones and shades. And it looks very, very like 1960s, 1970s. Right. But today, and people loved it. Like this blue, blue office that, um, uh, not to give too much away, so I used to, <laughs> <laughs> I used to have this beautiful like appliques um, of plaster on the walls, which had you know the Japanese version of the last name, uh, and loved it. And then uh, and then all of a sudden one day it's like they traveled and came back and said, oh, I don't like any of that. Yeah. So so yeah. <laughs> so where where do you go from there? <laughs> so so it's, do you start over or right. do you say peace out? Right. Um. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so my point in saying all this is that make sure that you understand your designer, make sure you understand what your designer is going to do for you. Right. Don't be very honest, be very upfront. I want this. I want that. Cause if you give your designer carte blanche, they're going to go out there. Right. You know? Oh, for sure. And they're going to stay with your budget. Maybe, maybe not, but they're <laughs> going to give you exactly something that is just out off the wall. And so right. just be careful with saying, Oh, do whatever you want. If you don't want that, don't do that. Right. So I want, I want beige. I want blue. You know, I want this sofa. I want this sofa. This is what I want. And the most important thing too is, is when you meet with a designer, have, have a stack of images of things that ask, you yeah. like, right. Um, pull things from magazines, but show the designer what you're looking for. So when you go back and you present your presentation, it's going to be something similar to that right. or a push forward, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's inspiration. It's right. a starting point. Right. Um, and you brought up color in a number yeah. of different ways, yeah. you know, how is color really being being used in today's world of interior design? You know, color's back. Yeah. And, uh, oh, you know, it's funny. I'll be honest. When I started my career, um, one of my mentors just used a lot of uh, grays and, 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 and it was stunning, beautiful. Yeah. And this is the person I learned to use mohair from. And, you know, of course, expensive. Right. <laughs> but you put mohair on everything. I still <laughs> gotta do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just different colors. Um, so, you know, I think that, uh, uh, you know, uh, sit again. No, just as far as like how color is being yeah. used in today's world of interior design. So now it's, you know, from the people who are using the grays and everything else, um, 
now it's colors just being kind of popped everywhere. So when I do color now, it's just a crazy infusion of it everywhere. Right. So um, another project I'm doing is the 1930s uh, Deco Home Historic. And, uh, you know, I've used color, but the, the amount of color that I'm using in this project is blowing my mind. My staff is... Like variation of all different colors. Every, so every single room is a different color. <laughs> really? Every single room. And, and not even on the same palette? Like, I mean, does it, I mean, it cohesively comes together in some cohesively way. It comes together because yeah. you have to do little things to tie them in. Right. But they're literally each, like, the entryway you walk in, it's, it's champagne, black, gold, pink. Wow. With massive pink chandelier, which is stunning. And then you walk to the, you walk to the living room, it's all pinks and yellow. Right. You go to the bar, it's all greens and orange. The next room is, is all saturated, like, like, blues right so it's all yeah it's it's insane it's insane that's crazy and and the thing is it's like you know when you think about color like it's intimidating for a homeowner but like when you're using that amount of color as a designer that's kind of like you you scratch your head like am i doing the right thing (laughs) and my my, my team is like what is this (laughs) you know because you know it's rare that that and i'll tell you another thing too that that's becoming popular again and and i haven't used these in years but i'm using them a lot now it's trimming trims right tassels and tapes and cords and it's like what right. is happening here and so what we're doing is we're taking that that traditional concept of tapes and we're and we're elevating it to today so what that what that means is that we're taking instead of using a toile fabric we're using some graphic you know insane pattern so instead of seeing those traditional fabrics you'll see contemporary fabrics right yeah so it's kind of cool um which which also translates to wallpaper on right. walls and 100%. everything else i mean it, yeah so even like, you know, you know, back in the, the Dorothy Draper days, um, you know, you used the same wallpaper that you used for the drapes. <laughs> right. Okay. That's back. <laughs> I'm doing that now. Um, and I love it. Right. And I will tell you, you know, I was six years ago, I would have never imagined doing that ever. Right. I, d- I didn't know what direction things were going. I thought it was probably going more along the lines of Zaha Hadid. Right. Um, you know, minimalist, interesting angular lines. Um but it's not, it's not doing that. It's going more towards something traditional, but with a, with a contemporary kick. Right. It's kind of like that. Uh, I don't want to use the word like grandmother, but like totally. it, it, like that's Someone one of the trends yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, you know, we're trying to find like the, the most interesting quartz and tapes and we've been for a, around different places and, right. and um, we found this one place. You're like, wow, finally I found it. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, someone said, oh, it's very grandma, right? Right. But, Grandma, a hip grandma. Right. Uh, and then it's like, yeah, but not really, you know? So <laughs> yeah, so even like one of the rooms we're doing is a, it's a tinted tinted room, very Palm Beach, you know? But uh, instead of the standard stripe, we're using just like ink blotted green that has like probably four shades of green. Wow. It's insane. And we're going to do all the trims in, 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 in orange, yeah. No, that that's amazing. And, and the thing is, it's like even I'm thinking about, so you were just one of our featured designers yeah, yeah. at the home show and the color that you use yeah. there. I mean, it was amazing. It was wild. Yeah. It, it, but I would have never selected that color. But it's like when yeah. you're going through the process, right. I mean, did you think it was going to come out as good as it did? You know, <laughs> well, you know honestly, <laughs> right. it came out nothing like I thought. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I mean, it came out yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Beautiful. But I tell you, I, you know, I... It's funny because you know working with Sherwin Williams was great because I chose two colors from the palette they gave us, and the two colors I initially was, it was going to be just whole monochrome happiness. Right. It didn't work out that way, so and so I had to work with what I had, and and it turned out very beautiful. Um, you know, and I looked at that space and I said, you know, five years ago I would have never used that color ever, right? Because I had interpretations of what that color meant, right, for my for my work, 
And I see it now and I was like, wow, it's the most beautiful thing because, you know, color is just simple. It was saturated color, which is absolutely gorgeous. Here, describe it a little bit for the listeners. Yeah, so it's like a, it's, I think it was called Adobe. No, no, it was called Rose Tan. Um, And it was almost like this, like Adobe color, honestly. Um, Beautiful, like a beautiful, like uh, a pews of pink. A deeper pink, right? Uh, I don't even want to say pink because although I love pink, I'm using a lot of pink lately. Um, it was just a really rustic, uh, heavy color, but I paired it with uh, with their natural linen, which is like a really off white, beautiful. Like if you want, if you love white, but you want white to be to be warm, that's the color to use. Right. Because right now we're doing a house in Coconut Grove, and we're choosing an exterior color. And the client said, "I don't want it to be that bright, you know, uh, Greek, you know, yeah. <laughs> Santorini white." <laughs> Um, so we're now we're choosing we're choosing something that's a little more warmer. I think those colors um, those colors worked well together, and just something very earth earth tony um, works for that particular thing. I mean, you can go pops, you can go wild in your color, but I would just always make sure there's a bit of of, of calmness to it. Right. Nothing nothing electric, nothing you know over the top because it's going to kill you over the <laughs> like within six months or right. not before. So always use something that's a little more toned down in the in the in the earth realm. Right. And would do you see yourself Im, like implying that color in some of your projects coming yeah, up when you see the opportunity? Hopefully, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think that. I mean, I think their whole their whole stack, their whole deck is great, and I use their deck a lot. Um, so I have to make sure that when I'm using the, when I'm using color, I, I see how far I can push it. Right. Um, you know, now now the color is coming more from from the fabric, and then we and then we right. build we build back from there. Definitely. And something talking about fabric is say if you're using a bold, bright color, whatever that might be, you know, you start seeing so many different textures and different when it comes to materials that goes into it. Is that a way to also tone down a color? Yeah, it's really, it's important, you know, to have different textures in, in the project. Um, you know, 1%. So let's say, say the pink room that we're doing with one project, finding the right shade of pink. So we've done so many iterations of this project of this one room. Right. And the clients still haven't seen it yet because like it has to be right. It has right. to be right. Cause it's so important. And, um, you know, taking, you know, beautiful velvet and a mohair and then, and then, a, a, you know, getting like a chenille or getting, you know, a beautiful linen. So all those textures together makes it better. If you did a one note fabric, then it's just not going to work. Right. And, but what the difference now though, is you can take a beautiful, boring quote unquote boring linen and put a tape around it or cord it and it's like oh wow that's cool right so yeah so like, be very careful. Who, no without a doubt and, and it's incredible like just looking at you know how design continues to evolve every single day i mean even like as far as what where you thought you would right. be yeah, yeah, today yeah. versus where you actually are and Completely what you're different. using and the yeah. types of projects and everything i mean yeah. it's inspiring yeah. just hearing the types of projects that yeah. you're on on insane. a daily basis insane. you know and i'm really happy i'm really happy and blessed about that because i honestly um I really thought it was going to be more just slim, sl- like streamlined, uh, contemporary. Right. Um, but to have, but to have this, this, this inflection of, of traditional or, you know, 1930s, 1950s, um, design or even beyond that, right. Um, back to classic design. So we're kind of infusing all those things together. So, at, you know, I call my, my style that I do for my clients curated design. Right. Um, and I can use that because, Curated means that that is just things that we've selected for them individually. So the idea for me is is I want my clients' homes to feel like they've that I was not involved, right? And they've traveled the world for ten years, chosen things that they loved from all around the world, and it came together. It's amazing. That way, 
it's timeless and there's no there's no stamp date on it right um some of them still change it up <laughs> um but it's also too for them important for them well to you're personalizing yeah. it for right, them right i also feel by heirloom pieces i would suggest suggest that those are those pieces that are you know the chair that's you know fifty thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars and that chair stays with the house no matter what right no matter what they do th- those pieces always stay in the house if we change it up we recover it. We do whatever. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a great tip because, you know, and, and also, um, you know, people might think of heirloom pieces as also, you know, I don't like using the word, you know, um, like re- reused or right. whatever. But 100%. like, I mean, there's some amazing galleries yeah. specifically talking right. about South Florida mm-hmm. where there's like, you know, amazing pieces that are 100 years old, yeah. you know, 60 years old, yeah. whatever it might yeah. be. And it's like finding that new life. Well, it's like what's what's trending right now. And I think it's going to be, be here for a while. Is those really insane chairs from the 1960s, right? Uh, like Colombo chairs and, uh, and and just everything, like the La Mama chair, massive chairs um, that are looking like, you know, ten years ago, I'm like, oh, that's awful. <laughs> but now it's like everyone's going to open their minds up, and this, right. these chairs are like so beyond their time that now people are buying these chairs. I mean, these chairs you probably could have bought them in the 60s for $500. Right. Now they're $15,000. Right. So you buy one and then you recover the whole thing or you, re, or you repaint it or do whatever and you keep that forever. You'll keep that chair forever because people just are mulling over those things and it's hard to find. Yeah. And talking about trends, like, you know, trends, is it's, it's a marketing scheme. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's meant to basically like right. make sure something right, else right, is coming right, in right, so yeah, somebody yeah, has to yeah, buy it. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as I don't like going along the lines of trends, but what are your favorite trends today you know it's funny uh uh we talk about trends and and as you know designers especially within my my group of friends who are designers um we always hate the word trend too um (laughs) because we're usually ahead of the trend right Uh, and we not knowingly i'm not knowing funny it's, it's not that we try to do that it's just that we're creating and not really looking at everyone else's things um so i think when people you know look on certain uh, social media or different elements, then they kind of trend, it trends toward those things. Right. And they say like, yo, the new color is, is this or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that color was, that's just like the color three years ago. Right. You know, <laughs> but, uh, right it's kind of like Europe to the U S today. Exactly, like, you know, yeah, everything's exactly. ahead. <laughs> like even like when I was in, in Milan at the show, like their, their palette is stunning, but it's something we're using here too already. Right. But they, they'll say, oh, this is trending now. I'm like, okay, well it's already trending. You know, we, right. already, we already did that. But I think that when, using a trend so when, for us as designers when we see um something that we've been using for a few years when it gets to mainstream market and it gets to something like which i saw something yesterday about killed me so this beautiful italian sofa and we're going to say the name of it it's gorgeous now there's a there's a big box brand that has that sofa really i'm like okay i can't use it again right yeah gotcha <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no that makes especially sense. the types of clients right. that you're working yeah, with yeah. um you know there's a place for everything right. you know and people like you know they're looking mm-hmm. for attainable luxury attainable right. design things like right. that um you know so you know that it, it does change things in that sense so i mean we've discussed a lot today yeah you know from colors to design schemes yeah. to the types of clients you're in materials you're using um what do you want to leave our listeners with I think that 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 for people who are looking for designers or wanting to do something in their homes in terms related to renovation or, or design, you know, it's important to get to get an idea of what you want. And if you want to use a designer, have that designer look at those options, 
really interview them in terms of if they're right for you. Right. Um, I would make sure that the designer has time for you. I would make time sure frames are not what they used to be. So don't be upset with your designer for things taking longer than you think, because at the end of the day, it's really not their fault. Um, because supply chains and everything, everything's just really slowed down. Um, there are ways to get around some of it. Um, and if you, you know, you can't even buy things off the floor anymore. Right. Because they need it. Right. 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 No, <laughs> for sure. It. So, um, you know, it's, it's, if you're going to do stuff, something, just re be really planned about it. It's like, I would say when you, it's almost like how you, when you plan your wedding. Right. Okay. If you're planning a wedding, right. you, you're going to have a binder. I don't, I don't wish planning know, weddings yeah, exactly. on anybody, but yes. <laughs> but you're going to have the big binder. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna have exactly <laughs> so my favorite thing is when a client comes to me and they have binders and they're tabbed, you know? Wow. Okay. I can take this and I can, I can grow. I can, right. I can make it grow. So it's important. So just be, just be, be prepared and do your, do your due diligence and do your research before awesome. any no. of things happens. Amazing tips. And if somebody wants to reach out to you directly, what's the best way? Uh, you can do you. Um, my website's www.rdi-design.com. Um, Instagram's great, which is at the Reginald Dunlap. Uh, probably the easiest ways to reach us. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. And I mean, I can't thank you enough for coming in Thanks here, for giving us. us the dose of, you know, your reality and what you go through. And as far as how you're designing right. these incredible homes, um, you know, but for everybody listening, I appreciate everybody tuning in. You can always check us out on our website at homeshows.net. Visit the home design podcast.com. Follow us at FL Home Shows. Um, but until next time, make sure you subscribe to our channel to get all of the latest in home design and home improvement. But until then, stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs>